It's time for episode 170 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, January 4th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where it's time to bring in the new year. I'm Dan Morin, and I'm the only host standing today, but that means I have the fantastic opportunity for this first show of 2017 to have with me three wonderful guests. To my direct left, making her debut on Clockwise, Yasmin Evian, co-host of Material right here on Relay. Welcome, Yasmin. Hey, everyone. I'm glad to finally uh, be able to make it. Uh, We are delighted to have you. Across from me, co-host on The Rebound with me and turning this car around, Mr. John Moltz is here. Hi, John. Hi. 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 (laughs) I'm keeping it simple. That's fine. All right. And to my right, (laughs) returning one of our frequent guests, co-host on Rocket here on Relay FM, Brianna Wu is here. Hi, Bri. Uh, you left off uh, candidate for the House of Representatives. In I did. You're that's right. Candidate important. representative yes. for Massachusetts in the House of Representatives. Yes, that's correct. Uh, not a joke. I'm very seriously running. So. All right. Well, but for here, we're going to make you talk about technology. I, I'm happy to do that. That's uh, very important. <laughs> Uh, I'm the only host today, so I get to start off with my topic. So it's CES this week, and of course, we're seeing all sorts of fun gadgets debut. Uh, the one that I sort of laughed at was a, a robot butler called Kuri, K-U-R-I. I am intrigued because who hasn't always wanted a robot butler? And my question for you guys are, is, is this sort of future of mobile household robots upon us? Is this something you're interested in, something you want? Or is this just terrify you because it might wait? You might wake up someday with it like staring you in the face. <laughs> Yasmin, what do you think? <laughs> now, listen, if uh, the Google Home had wheels, I would love for it to just follow me around all the all the different rooms and uh, start playing music for me. But um, I, I saw this robot and it looked really cute. But for me, the whole thing is the robots are still really cute right now, but like what benefit are they actually uh, providing? So uh, it, it's interesting to see how the robots are going to evolve maybe and how we're going to have them in the smart home. Yeah, I mean, as someone who has a <clears throat> famous robot as his avatar on Twitter, um, I, I am I'm definitely kind of interested in this one because, like you said, it is it is darn adorable. Um, however, uh, Dan, as you well know uh, from our conversations on the rebound, I am I'm the the tin foil hat wearing <laughs> one of the three of us when it comes to uh, things recording our, uh, our our discussions of things recording what's going on in in the house, and uh, I even went so far as to send back the Amazon Echo that I was given for for Christmas. So I I want to know more about it before I'm ready to have um uh you know a robot buddy follow me around. But um someday that would be I, I, you know it's the dream that I always had when I was a kid. It just so wants I to don't be want loved, to give up, John. It just wants I, to be yes, loved. Well, there's that, <laughs> and I I don't want to give up on that dream completely. So, yeah, John, I just want to piggyback on something you were saying. And, um, you know, that's an utterly reasonable fear to be afraid of these uh, devices recording you in your home. You know, right now, uh, Amazon Echo Data is being uh, subpoenaed in Mm -hmm. a murder case. And, you know, the jurisprudence on this is being worked out. Uh, So that's an absolutely reasonable fear. And we need to, you know, pass strong protections that, uh, you know, will look out for consumers on that. I, I would say this. Dan, um, you know, for me, I'm a busy professional woman, and my husband is a very busy professional dude. And, you know, we 
constantly both struggle to you know do household chores because we both work full time. So to me personally, this is exciting. Uh, I would definitely look at getting this. I would say though, I think as we're moving towards automation, it's worth considering these uh, gadgets do have a cost for the economy because if you are, you know, hiring, uh, if you're buying a you know, robot butler, then you're not hiring someone to do that. And we're going to see this kind of automation uh, just cut deeper and deeper into our jobs as uh, you know, it gets more sophisticated. So uh, I personally would definitely look at this, but I also think this move towards automation is uh, something that's going to have a lot of downside as well as upside. Uh, good points. All I will say that in the case of that that subpoena subpoenaing that murder investigation, you won't need to do that with the robot because the robot will be the one accused of murder. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> that's my concern. Is this the? Uh, it's both know. a robot and a butler. But it's so cute. <laughs> yes, right. It has to be a murderer. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's a ways out, so I think we don't have to worry too much about it right now. But it, interesting points definitely raised. Uh, let's move on to our second topic, which comes from Yasmin. Yeah, the internet of garbage. So Genie Can, <laughs> uh, Genie Can launched, which is a device that attaches to your garbage cans and recycling bins to make them smart, which can easily update your grocery list. So this is how it works. It's a device that you attach on a bin. You scan an item. You toss it because, you know, it's garbage. It's done with. And then it gets audit- added to your grocery list. Uh, they do have some partnerships with Amazon Dash, which automatically reorders popular items like diapers and paper towels. And the whole idea of the genie can, uh, the the CEO says, is that he was on a conference call and his wife messaged him and said, hey, can you take a picture of that grocery list on that pen and paper that you're still using? Um, and he said, there has to be a better way. And he obviously <laughs> had never heard of Google Keep or Apple Notes and shared notes. So he invented the genie can. Uh, so, my, so my question to, to all of you is, you know, is the internet of things, the internet of garbage, just gone too far? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it has gone too far. Um, yeah, I was reading some that I think they're now they're putting... I mean, I guess this one actually makes a little bit more sense. I think they're putting um, Echo stuff into refrigerators. Is LG? I think that's an LG thing that came out this week from CES, which I think makes a little more sense. Like, then you don't have to have the Echo sitting on the on the counter you've got it's just right there in your refrigerator but um my my wife karen is a private investigator and i i'm sure that if she learned of some sort of technology that was inside of your garbage can um that could list the things that were in your garbage can (laughs) she would um she would be able to think of some reasons how that ways that could be used um to uh investigate people so uh, again that's the kind of thing that you don't you don't want that information <laughs> necessarily getting out you know, i mean do you want everybody to know what's in your garbage i don't think i want everyone to know what's in my garbage so i i some of these things do they need to be made probably not so yes me i just want to really i thanks for asking this question it's so important uh you know we are moving towards this, um, you know, kind of living uh, in homes and apartments that have all kinds of things uh, hooked up to the internet. And it's worth taking a step back and thinking about the business model for this. Uh, often these internet of things devices, uh, they only really work if you subscribe to some sort of service. So let's say I like, uh, you know, freshly squeezed juice, then I've got to get all these proprietary packs, have them sent to my home, there's an environmental cost for that. But the bigger issue here is looking at the business model for this. Uh, You know, they end up 
because they need money, and these are often startups, collecting all this information about you. Uh, you know, it's not just the garbage you put out. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, private, um, how can I put this, devices for people in relationships. Uh, they're connected to the internet. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's things in your home. It's just constant, constantly cl collecting information about you. And what ends up happening is the InfoSec uh, portion of that equation is so expensive to maintain that startups don't treat it seriously. So let's just look at the model from the beginning. You buy this device, you hook it up to the internet, it's collecting all kinds of information against you, sometimes against your will, and that information can either be stolen uh, by a hack or it can just be outright sold. Uh, so I think that we've got to really get serious at looking at our privacy policy around this because there's a there's a huge hidden cost to all of these things and it's you're the one that bears the brunt if you know company x goes out of business tomorrow because their startup didn't work uh you're the one that's going to possibly face identity theft because of this so i think we need to uh, get really serious about our legal framework around these you know, I, I think even beyond that, Brie um, brings up a really good point with the security aspect. And of course, this was a, an issue late last year. The other uh, part of the security, the lack of security on these devices that they can then be used and sort of harnessed and turned outward. Um, we saw that, what was it, the Mirai botnet that was essentially a yes. bunch of Internet of Things devices that were all turned into like a DDoS attack. So, you know, obviously, like Brianna said, like people don't want to invest in security and therefore it makes it a lot easier to to turn these things into uh, zombie bots or whatever. Uh, as far as the Genie game in particular goes, I don't know. I, I'm a pretty, I, I like smart home stuff. I've definitely been experimenting with it. I have no desire for this. Um, <laughs> it just, I, I, anything where it like wants to track my consumption of all the, you know, what I'm using, throwing out. Um, same thing with sort of the dash, you know, service where it reorders stuff based on like when it thinks I'm running out of things. That just makes me, I don't even like automatic bill pay. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm weirdly, weirdly Luddite ish in those sort of ways. So I'm, I'm not sure that a smart garbage can is for me, uh, especially cause I, I guess, I don't know. I, it's my garbage. I don't really need to feel the need to analyze that overly. Um, but the good news is for the genie can is that if you use it and you don't like it, then you just tip it in the trash can. You're done with it. <laughs> I, I will say one thing about the genie can is uh, the fatal flaw of it adding it to your grocery list the minute you throw it out. By the time you throw it out, like that is not when I want it to be added to my grocery <laughs> list. I want it to be added to my grocery list when it's running low right. in the pantry mm -hmm. or in the or in yeah. the like my milk's running low. Not oh crap, if I don't order this uh, right now or go to the store, I'm not going to have milk tomorrow. So, sorry, Jeannie Can. Like just from a product perspective, <laughs> you kind of didn't really think about that. But yeah, security issues all important. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, the genie can really, uh, really struck out there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, genie can. <laughs> well, that is two topics down. We've got two topics to go. But before that, it is halftime. And this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. Uh, Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects, and you can set it up in just seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools to let you choose your resources and Linux distribution, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans start at just $10 a month for a 2-gigabyte Linux server in the Linode cloud. Uh, Linode uh, is, is great because whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, it can be the right choice for you. 
It's super easy to launch a Linode server. I have one myself that I host a website on, and uh, I, you know, I, I do have some experience with setting up servers and the like, but I still thought that it was incredibly friendly and easy setup. They offer the fastest hardware and network, and they have fantastic customer support. And my favorite part is that they're super reliable. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability, and once your server's up, they intend to keep it that way. So you don't have to really worry about downtime and that crucial website going out when your people or customers are visiting it. Uh, It's great for plenty of tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running your own mail server. If you're the kind of person that keeps a mail server in your basement, I don't know who that would be. Uh, Operating powerful applications and so much more. And best of all, as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan and with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code CLOCKWISE2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Halftime's over. Let's move to our third topic, which comes from John Moltz. Yeah, so the uh, the Genie Cam seems to have struck out, but one thing that has not struck out with me is the Apple AirPods. So I was lucky enough to get to wake up the day that they were available <clears throat> for for pre order and uh, and get close to front of the line and got them uh, a few days before i think the 21st you know before christmas and and for a moment there i was wondering well should i just wrap these up and put them under the tree and then i was like no 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 <laughs> no i'm gonna open these immediately so um i was wondering if uh if you people have uh been able to get your hands on these things and if you like them or if you have any complaints about them that uh i haven't experienced well, I'm looking forward to uh, you know, getting my first pair of them. Uh, you know, I think it's worth noting, even though they were announced with the iPhone 7, it's very difficult to get them. Uh, I looked at this yesterday, and it's backed up till February if I want to order a pair. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I did do, John, is uh, I settled <laughs> for a pair of PowerBeats 3, which, you know, have that same W1 uh, pairing technology. Mm-hmm. I can say it is chock full of bucks it is horrible <laughs> and i don't know if it's because uh you know i i get a lot of heat from this from uh from apple people but i like beats products i have many of them and uh if you're working with uh various beats headsets it's uh very very quirky uh i've had to completely uh wipe all my uh bluetooth devices from my phone three times trying to get it to work that uh you know the magic feature of it syncing across devices doesn't work uh, for me so um i I do have to say, as far as the the PowerBeats 3, it is a product with better battery life, and I appreciate that. Um, but I, I think with the with the AirPods overall, it's clearly a good product. And you know, my Rocket co-host Christina Warren had a lot of positive things to say about that. But you know, there's there's some work to do. It seems uh, you know, you don't have playback controls on the device itself, so you have to go to your iPhone. Um, you know, they uh, are still going to fall out of your ears if earpods don't fit you super well. So I think it's a, a really great first step for Apple, but I want to see them really refine these drivers and the technology and make it something everyone can use or even yeah. buy. <laughs> for my part, I, I haven't got a chance to try them out yet because John inexplicably won't send them across the country so I can give his a try. Uh, and like like Brianna says, they're backed up pretty far for ordering. I, I'm not in a hurry because I am one of those people whom earpods don't really really fit very well and i had many many people when i first complained about this try to tell me that it was just the cord pulling them out, uh, pulling them out of my ears 
which might play a part, I'm willing to admit, but I, I have no way of knowing, and I'm certainly not going to invest in them if I think that they aren't going to fit me very well. I also happened to buy a pair of Bluetooth Bose noise-canceling headphones before I went on my trip last fall, and uh, those have been amazing. Granted, they're much bigger and bulkier than a pair of AirPods, um, but they are a fantastic pair of headphones that I really, really enjoy, and the noise-canceling is superb. Um, so, I, you know, I think I'm confident that I can wait until the next generation of AirPods, um, and maybe they'll have worked out some more kinks or maybe they'll have uh, figured out how to add in better playback controls or something like that so i am I'm, I'm not in a hurry to get them um i i appreciate that people say they're they're pretty good so maybe someday i'll give them a try but and certainly until i get a chance to actually see if they'll fit in my ears and stay in my ears uh i'm gonna hold off for now well, uh, being the maybe the only Android user here, uh, I've had I haven't <laughs> had to choose Bluetooth AirPods because you know I can plug them uh, my my audio jack right into my Pixel without any problems, which has been pretty awesome. But I have heard I have heard some good things. Uh, so you know, even Android Central uh, released something that Air- AirPods uh, were like one of the best Bluetooth ear- earbuds for Android, and you know I'm. I've never tried them, so I'm not 100% sold because uh, the only thing that I've heard so far is uh, Casey List was having issues with it not pairing like with his iCloud account. He couldn't uh, log out. He had to, I think, completely deactivate it and then start it up again. So uh, huh. that sounds yeah, it sounds like what Brianna was experiencing with the with yeah. the Beats. Yeah, yeah. So something. Um, Interesting, though, I think someone said that they were at the store and they were trying to demo some of them. And it tells you that these AirPods uh, belong to someone else because it's tied to the iCloud uh, account, Uh which seems super, super wonky because, I mean, I guess if you're... I'm thinking like if you if you're sharing the AirPods, I don't know, do people share AirPods or headphones? <laughs> and like if my husband wants to borrow my headphones and he has some issues, I mean, we're both Android users, so the i iCloud uh, issue wouldn't be a problem. But I'm just thinking if we were both iPhone users, like I would just be super annoying because they're not cheap. Uh, I guess the issue for me is they're not necessarily cheap. I don't know from like an audio perspective if they're providing you some audio quality that's really worth it. Um, I think it's the the selling point is supposed to be that the connectivity, right? Like how easy it yeah. is to connect to something. Um, right. So yeah, it's I I look if someone wants to ship me some uh, <laughs> some AirPods, I will gladly test them out for for Android users. So all right, <laughs> our last topic from today comes from. Brianna Tron Wu. Yeah, that's me. That's me. So, you know, 2017 is coming up. It's that lovely time of year where uh, all of us tell Apple what to do. It's a very uh, awesome, time-honored tradition. But I, I do have to say, this year, um, I, I, I've never felt more strongly that there is some um, a lot of things Apple needs to take a, a really hard look in the mirror about. Just yesterday, there was a post that made it to the top of Hacker News by my friend, uh, Chuck uh, von Ruspach, I think that's how you say his name. And it was um, a really excellent take on Apple and what um, what kind of their, their state of things are. You know, orphaned product lines, including, you know, the entire airport line and wireless line. Uh, you know, things have gone for a long time without updates. Products that don't really address their uh, user base, like, uh, you know, the new line of Retina MacBook Pros. Uh, so I, I we're going to link to this in the show notes. But before I, I voice an opinion here, you know, Dan, I want to know where where do you think Apple is, and what do you want to see them focus on this year? Well, yeah, 2016 was definitely a an odd year for Apple, and some of it feels like a, a confluence of of strange events, including probably some some delays in products and hardware that they could get their hands on. 
And from a personal standpoint, I would really love them to come out with some sort of successor to the airport wireless networking systems because I have an airport. I love it. Um, and there's clearly a lot of development to be done in that arena right now. We're seeing tons of people come out with these mesh networking products. Linksys just announced one, uh, I think, yesterday as well. Uh, and clearly, you know, all of Apple's products rely on a wireless internet connection, more or less. So it, it makes sense to a certain extent for them to create a product that fills that niche and handles that critical part of the infrastructure. And and I really think that they've made very, very reliable products in that department before. And so I'd like to see that continue. Um, And I'd like to see them, you know, just sort of uh, tighten up a lot of what they're doing, especially on the software front, which I think a lot of people have had questions about the reliability and bugginess of their software over the last few years. So just just a few things for them to look at in 2017. (laughs) Well, if you're looking for a mesh network, uh, Google Wi-Fi. No, I'm just kidding. A uh, wrong show here. Uh, but no, we, no, yeah, you know, being I, I do use Mac uh, products. That's uh, being a designer. I, you know, all my tools are pretty much on the Mac, and I there there kind of has there's kind of this like weird I think friction of where um, Apple sees their their people gravitating to. You know, they came out with the iPad Pro, and so that's going to give you you know really good performance on some on some tools, allowing you to draw and sketch and all those things on it uh but then there are but then there's still their their mac products right where a lot of people are actually spending time doing actual work not so much just i'm not saying that if you're sketching on the ipad pro that's not actual work but what i'm saying is like a lot of people still take out their macbook uh, pros to actually go out and, and do work um and so i think they're kind of in this weird spot where they're trying to figure out where do we put our efforts in, right? But I, I would agree with everyone that they still need to keep, you know, the the Mac alive because that as as powerful as tablets are getting, it's still not replacing that uh, for a lot of users that need these tools to get stuff done. Um, you know, we we kind of saw this with uh, Andrew on on the Google side where they had the Chromebooks, and then you know they're asking you, hey, develop some Android tablet uh, apps, or, or also develop some Chromebook um, apps, and then now they announce that you can run Android uh, apps on the Chromebook. So they're kind of saying, all right, we want you to focus on on making Android apps, and so um, I, I would like to see kind of a merge between the two, being able to use Mac apps and also iOS apps, and and being able to use across the platforms and i am probably uh in the minority here with that but it just <laughs> I'm, hearing, I'm hearing someone coughing over there but listen i'm i'm not the developer i'm just someone that wants to get work done across different areas <laughs> I, yeah uh right before i got on this call there was a discussion going on on twitter and basically revolving around um can apple walk and chew gum at the same time so uh yeah this is the, definitely a question that a lot of people are asking and you know 2016 wasn't you know from like delivering things that were delighting users not exactly uh their best year um they had a few good products and and you know like like i feel that i think the airpods are a return to like classically good apple products um, that we hadn't seen for a while so they got that snuck that in barely at the end of the year uh they do definitely seem to have a problem with focus and you know i i also use the airport um i like the airport but if that's something that they needed to cut in order to pay attention to uh, other products like particularly the mac i think that would be i would be okay with that you know i'm buying something else 
And if that, if that's just what the, I mean, it seems like they should be able to scale, but I understand that, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say that, and it's much harder to actually, you know, be the one who has to do it. So I, you know, it's, it's not the most important Apple product to me. So if they needed to cut that, that I would be all right with that. And definitely, I think, I think for two, for 2017, I would like to see probably two things, two main things. And one would be simply uh, trying to make things more stable um because they particularly on um well i mean like icloud and um most of their cloud service stuff uh often have often have problems with that's that sort of thing so if they could fix a lot of the problems that uh they're having in the software area that would be great and then um and then you get back to making macs again because this past year 2016 was the first year that they had not updated the iMac either um since the iMac was introduced so that's a long time that they were churning out iMacs every you know at least like a speed bump or something and in 2016 there was nothing so uh, they they've got a they got to get back to some of that stuff because uh, like uh, uh, you've been saying that it's a really, it's a flagship product. And I th- agree that I think that you sometimes just have to, even if you're not selling as many Mac pros as you are other products, sometimes it's important to have that sort of you know, put that flag in the ground and say, yeah, we're a company that um, takes professionals seriously and recognize that, uh, in a lot of cases, professionals kind of lead the way for other people to use a platform. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've we've talked a lot about the airport uh, express here. You know, time capsule is also part of that line. To me, the reason I buy this isn't because I can't go, you know, pick up a third party you know router and set it up. It's because presumably, at least the old Apple would have thought through the decisions in that chain and would have made it more secure. If you're um, you know, a software engineer, you know that you know, any point of contact where something's trying to you know, communicate with another device is a huge vulnerability in your security setup. So to me, the fact that Apple is getting out of the monitor space, you know, where that's completely across the board in Apple experience, the router space, all these things, it, I think it speaks to Apple's structural issues right now. Uh, as a personal anecdote, you know, I am an N of one, but I am sticking with my MacBook 2013, not because I don't have $3,000 to go buy a new one, but because Apple has not given me a compelling reason to upgrade in three freaking years with any Mac they've shipped ever. And the Mac Pro coming out, the Retina MacBook Pro coming out this year without KB Lake is just, it's its a huge oversight on Apple's part. And I just really want to be honest with everyone here when I say I'm seriously looking at switching over to Microsoft despite their security issues because I think that is an area that is, they're still innovating as uh you know demonstrated by the the surface studio so um i i'm really at a point myself where apple needs to turn their ship around and get their house in order because increasingly i see fewer and fewer reasons to stay uh well thank you all for your thoughts on that we've got just enough time for a bonus question today's bonus question is brought to you by the fine folks at squarespace make your next move with squarespace it lets you create Easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Whether you want to create an online store or a 
portfolio or a blog, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. The best part is there's nothing to install. There's no patches to worry about. There are no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. And if something does go wrong, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support. You need any help. They'll let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name that reflects your particular project. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month, and you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code code CLOCKWISE to get 10% off your first purchase. And to show your support for Clockwise, we thank Squarespace for their support of Clockwise and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. And today's bonus question for you folks is, any New Year's resolutions for you, not just technology companies? Yasmin, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be writing more this year. So if you are interested in any Android uh, topics or want to hear more about, send them over to me. Um, I, in general, try to stay away from New Year's resolutions because I hate disappointing myself every year um, by not meeting them. Um, however, I think this year, um, because of well, because of certain things that have happened, uh, not to get too uh, into unpleasant discussions about things, um, I'm going to try to focus a little bit more on giving to charities and um, trying to uh, help uh, people who might have a hard time in the coming years. Uh, I would say for me, uh, I think my New Year's resolution would be to to not keep my opinions so bottled up, to not keep it all inside and, you know, hide from people what I'm really thinking and feeling. So I, I hope you can look forward to a more expressive Brianna Wu in 2017. Yeah, because when I think of people who don't want to share their opinions, we're definitely near the top <laughs> yeah, of that list. Think of Brianna Wu. Think uh, of Brianna Wu. Like John, I don't tend to go in much for New Year's resolutions. However, I did sign up last year to do a uh, 10K run in April this year. Um, so oh. I'm uh, I'm working on getting into fighting shape for that. The good news is it's a Star Wars 10K and it's in Disney World. So, you know, I feel like <laughs> I'm doing it right. <laughs> Um, and we hope that your New Year's resolution is to listen more Clockwise. So let me thank my guests, Yasmin Evian. Thank you so much for uh, your first time on Clockwise. Yeah, thanks for having me. We look forward to having you back. John Moltz, thank you for being back. Thank you, Dan. And Brianna Wu, thank you so much, and uh, good luck with your campaign. Always a pleasure. And because Jason's not here, I have to do the entire sign-off myself. Tune in next week. He'll be back. Till then, watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.